Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Geeks podcast with Graham Durden, Elliot Maris, and myself, Gregory Harrison. Hello, everybody. Hello. How you guys Hello. doing? Yeah. It's it's all well here. It's it's going good. Um, yeah, it feels like it's just been yesterday since since we did this. Yeah, <laughs> it uh, was or last it, week. Same it, time last week. It I, seems I just stole Greg's joke, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Recycled it. Nice. So, what have people been up to um, this week that has just flashed by? Have you been thinking about? Um, what might happen after lockdown and what you might do musically well I, I had my birthday so I'm, i've been planning a post-lockdown birthday party i think ah cool <laughs> it was your birthday on friday yeah? it was it was i was i was what's a whole the, 18 plans, years old <laughs> well i initially my, my plan before lockdown was to do um uh, a storm the captains party so in the spirit of Storm the Capital, we'd all dress up in Viking outfits and stuff and storm the captains. But <laughs> yeah, it's not to happen. <laughs> uh, what what would that involve? Would that involve like music things or it just like, a massive just people just descending? just a crazy pub crawl dressed as Trump supporters? I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hopefully, no one dies. We'll see. What have you been up to, Graham? Uh, well, work. You know, work. Work at the hospital can, continues unabated. It's fairly. Uh, it's fairly busy. Um, been thinking about uh, like doing gigs and stuff like that. I, actually, I've been um, working out Garage Band and how to plug in my electronic drum kit. And uh, Elliot's very kindly sent me some files uh, for me to put some drums on, which would be good for yes, an album. Yes. yes. Um, should be good fun. So do that. Um, also, is that just solo stuff then? Is that like some of the electro stuff, or is that like uh, all will be revealed in due course? Once it's yeah, I don't want to say to too go. much. Secret <laughs> project. Is it like your solo project? <clears throat> That's like... why we're both wearing jean jackets because we're now in a band. You got to just the part. No, it's not a solo project. No, it's it's putting drums onto somebody else's album, but it's not. It, they're just ideas right now, so it's not. It's not firm. It's cool. it's, it's, it's still floppy. It's squidgy, not firm. Yeah, that is the yeah, advantage yeah. Of, of like garage band of being able to do stuff at home, isn't it? Though it's like you can just play around and like add stuff and and takes away, and it doesn't really matter. It's like you can create a full demo rather than just... yeah. It does. It does get to the point where you you don't end up finishing anything though because you you end up adding stuff and playing around with it and it's never quite yeah never quite done is it you, it's hard to, fi friend, to find the, the shut off point tom ellis a friend of mine has just started sending these um he he's just started doing like working with multiple people um sort of all over the globe and he's worked with some really cool drummers in like new york and stuff and he's putting together these tracks but he's sort of done a weekly email update so he's kind of given himself every week he sends off this email to there's a group of us that kind of follow the project from beginning to the end and like the first one he sort of showed us this demo of what he was writing the demo song and everything and you can just see that bit and who he's working with the process he went through to writing the song what the song's about and all of this and what he's learning through it and it was kind of really cool because it's nice to see how someone else like 
does a project from beginning to the end. But I like the idea also that he's he's emailed it to everybody. So he's accountable every week <laughs> to send an update and to like, we were talking before the podcast briefly about how like in lockdown or whatever you, it's difficult to get motivated or without the structure of, of work or other things and you don't really have that structure. And I like that idea that he's he's kind of found his own structure by finding himself accountable to everybody else. And so he, every week he has to go back and he has to finish the project. It can't, I mean, it can, it can develop, but it can't really go too far before you, you know, you've got to go from beginning to the end of the project. I mean, he could keep it going for weeks and weeks, but we might just tune out. If it, <laughs> yeah, that's great, isn't it? Because it kind of, it, it invites eyes. He, he's, he's inviting people to kind of look at what he's doing and then that puts a certain amount of pressure on it um, to, keep it going which is great and and like you said it's really uh, it, i think everyone's way of writing music or producing music is, is different and very and very unique so for you as a songwriter to watch somebody else working i'd imagine that's that's pretty interesting yeah it's really cool and he's he's been doing a lot of like research into like reading about songwriting and stuff like that and the way he sort of plans the songs he'll put in his in his details like how he got to that and what he's reading about and how he like developed that bit of writing and it's it's totally like 100% nerd but <laughs> it's and, and even for like the the recording engineers out there and stuff as well because at the moment it's sort of in the demo process but he goes down to like we've been trying this out with this microphone and this sort of and like gradually these things kind of like come from it and it's like it's geek heaven <laughs> but it's really cool it's a really cool idea I, I like the idea of, I mean that's pretty geeky but I, I love that idea of, of, of sort of holding yourself accountable to, in order to be able to finish talking about uh, techie geek nerds should we uh, bring on our first guest <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's, that's me that's so true yeah, yeah. alright um, should we uh, should we bring him straight on instead yeah, of let's uh, just yeah let's bring him straight, straight in let's uh, bring him in He's not used to being in the front. He's used to being in He's the back. He's used to being in the back, yeah. Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he'd absolutely appreciate that. And the man <laughs> gives really good hugs. He gives really good hugs every time I see him at a gig or something like that. And uh, well, whether he's working or not, and usually he is working. Um, yeah, the, the man gives great hugs. I don't know if anyone else has experienced that. Yeah, is full of heart and if he, like you say he's usually working or he's pretending to work in order to get backstage <laughs> <laughs> but he can just walk through he can just walk through yeah he's he's, he's got the link so he's coming on now uh, is he though i don't know yeah, if he knows he's... he's going straight live but it's a risk we're willing I'm... to take I'm here we go people... there he is oh you're live i'm my guest <laughs> woody yeah, James Wood. I, I figured if anyone had that audio working straight away, it would be you. So we're going DJ. straight straight live. <laughs> <laughs> You'd like to think, but no. Sometimes uh, over these calls, I haven't exactly nailed it first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, so how are you doing? Ah, uh, yeah, surviving. Surviving uh, lockdowns. <laughs> yeah, missing the gigs. That's for sure. Absolutely, but you you seem to be on the oh. coffee. Yeah, it's early and I got to watch the kids. So. Uh, fair enough. 
Did you say you've got to wash the kids? Have you got filthy children? <laughs> nah, nah. They're behaving, really, which is a blessing. So I was just saying, Woody, it's it's uh, probably quite unusual for you to be in the spotlight like this because normally you're tucked behind um, a mixing desk. People that People that listen to this podcast might not know sort of much about you or what you do and that's the whole thing about the guernsey gigs podcast it's about looking kind of a little bit like behind the scenes at the the principal players and the shakers and the movers the people that are part of the guernsey gigs scene uh, who, who people might not know much about and uh, can can you like tell us a little bit about what you do and and i guess how long you've been doing it and and what got you into it uh always been a fan of music um and from a very young age, my sisters taught me loads about music. She's Lisa Murphy, plays in a few bands over here. Um, and so, yeah, I got into it, started at the Doghouse, doing sound there with old Stevie Lage. I don't know if you remember him. And, uh, yeah, just progressed from there, really. Started by my own kit. Now I sit at the back of venues and just make all you talented musicians sound louder. <laughs> sound louder. <laughs> You didn't start, did, did you, because you were, before you got into the sound thing, was it, was it, were you doing DJing stuff before then, or was it just straight into the band stuff, and then the kind of, because I know you did some, yeah, you know, the, like, the DJ stuff was kind of a means to buy more sound equipment to do more of the band stuff, so yeah. I prefer doing the live sound to the DJing. What is that? Because you don't like being in the spotlight on stage or or uh, you don't like the Pretty abuse much. that you get? Uh, it, a bit of both, really. <laughs> I've had some horrendous comebacks from some of these. But, uh, yeah, when I when I do some of the live events, it, the sound man normally gets praised at the end of the gig if he does a good job or nobody says a word to him, which I kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> What's the yeah. worst thing with that, DJ? Sorry? How is it when, uh, when bands point you out on, on the stage, so at the end of the gig and they say, big shout out to the sound man, Woody. What's that like for you? Uh, I normally cower behind the sound desk at that point <laughs> and hide away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But what got you into the doghouse then? Why did you decide to go and like uh, twiddle your knobs? I, I've always been a little techie whiz, and I've always been I, a knob fiddler. God, cheers, Elliot. <laughs> no, no. I've always liked all the sort of electronic gadgets and everything, and I can basically plug in anything into anything and make it work eventually. So um, it just sort of ticked a load of boxes. It filled the sort of geeky side of me as well as the music side. So. So was that a thing from like school? Did you did you really enjoy sort of more of the practical kind of stuff at school and some of the tech side, or did or was it more that it, it just came about through? Because I know that you you um, <clears throat> you also a plumber as well, so you've you know you're very practical, very sort of hands on. Where did it come from? Uh, well, back at school, I was um, I used to spend most of my lunch times playing piano and drums in the music room. Um, just loved it. Never sort of pursued it a hundred percent, and was more interested in the tech side. So, uh, gotta say, yeah, I suppose it's from back in the school days where it 
sort of progressed from there, really. And and what? How did you find yourself at the doghouse then? Uh, it was uh, my sister got me in touch with Stevie Lodge, um, and she said, you know, he's great laugh, and I'm sure he'd be happy to teach you a few bits. And I went up there, started learning from him, and then about suppose, a year later, I took over from him and ran that for about a year. So that was good, good fun. Probably did sound for over 120 bands, like 120 different bands. So it really was you. You went because. As a sound man, you know, there's a lot of people go through schools and, and things like that, become sound men. Now you you missed out uh, all of that, went straight yeah. in the deep end, did all the dark and dingy venues and, and just and just played. You couldn't the dog has yeah. a dark and dingy venue. Use some of the probably the worst <laughs> rigs up up until the nicest rigs. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's it. I mean, going back sort of I suppose 15 years almost um some of the pas back there were pretty atrocious and it was all analog desks and then i got to go through the transition into digital desks and everything else and purchasing my own which means now i've got as much time as i want to play with them and, and what have you um but then now all the venues are up in their game especially like st james and stuff that their kit that they've got now is immense you know so budgets i can't even dream of <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's something that you've got to be like, uh, there's sort of a debate. I mean, there's there's the whole, we've talked about this before, like analog digital and, and, and keeping on top as like a sound engineer. It's like, it must be like constant, the having to learn all the time to like keep up with the amount of stuff that's coming out. Do you, do you feel like yeah. you've got to be on top or you sort of lose it a little bit as you, as you go on? I mean, it's not so much important as long as you get, as long as the end result for like the gigs is good, then nobody really batters an eyelid as to how you get there. But um, now that everything's moving on to digital and digital sound desk, they bring out new updates for them quite often. So then you've got to learn how the new updates work if you want to go down that route. Or Never you update play before safe. you start a gig. <laughs> I've only done it once. <laughs> <laughs> you risky man. Yeah, it was one of those where I had to. <laughs> well, I suppose but... that's it. Like, as a sound man doing doing those small gigs, I mean, we know them as as, as artists having to. I know some of us have done our own sound as well at gigs, like pub gigs, and and it is quite remarkable here. Um, we like to talk sort of about how things are a bit different in the UK or, or, or in Guernsey. And what is one thing that I've noticed is that a, a lot of venues, a lot of pubs, everyone will have someone like you, Woody, or, or Lloyd, or Chaz, or, or there's someone that comes in and does sound at these gigs. Whereas, I mean, I know definitely in France and in the UK, you're lucky when you get a sound man. You're lucky when you get more than one monitor. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pub gigs, it's basically you whack a few microphones, you try and get your balance in the vocals, and then you just try and move your amps to whereas over here it's kind of pushed to another level. There is really something about like having a sound man there and, and getting a really, you know, especially with difficult venues, there is there is something um like we yeah, I mean, will go to the effort for it. Yeah, when I was at um at the doghouse, probably oof, must be about 
eight years ago now, I did film for a band and they were so impressed that they actually phoned me up and said, can I come over to the UK and do sound for them in one of their venues over there? And it was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> if you're paying, I'll be there. <laughs> so that was cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. You've, That's um, great. I mean, I mean, you also got invited to do one of the big festivals as well, didn't you? Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, that was a Boomtown Festival. That was more on the the, the lighting and um, sort of building of it. Um, it was just a, a small district that I was working on. But I mean, this festival is population of Guernsey a fest uh, attending a festival, and yeah, absolutely mind blowing the scale of it. But yeah, I loved it. Um, fully, as long as COVID disappears, then I'll be going back there again <laughs> this year or next. Uh, How with, like, was it they were just looking for sound engineers or did you or, or... no no it was uh, it was on the lighting side they they had uh, a techie that they used to do led lighting and architectural lighting because boomtown's massive set design the whole thing is i think europe's biggest set design festival um and one of the guys who used to do a lot of the led and dmx sort of linking between the lighting guys um he couldn't attend that year's festival and they put a cry out for help actually on a drum and bass Facebook page saying, has anybody got any LED or DMX knowledge? And um, Carly found it and she sent it to me and said, go on, do it. And then they said, yeah, how quickly can you get here? <laughs> Brilliant. That's really cool. Do you think you, do you think, cause I suppose everything sort of experience and stuff, but that, that being able to go over to do, Boomtown and, and stuff like that. Do you think that's something that just kind of makes you up your game a lot more? You know, we talk about it, it with definitely the shows, that they... Yeah, it definitely shows the capabilities of what other people can do out there. And being on this little island, you get secluded into a little bubble of how things get done and then get an opening, opening your eyes to how it could be done in a different setting is really nice. That mm. kind of makes you appreciate what we have, but also makes you think, actually, I need to buy this now. Yeah. To up my game. <laughs> yeah, you, you learn how other people do things, and you, I, I find that with a with a lot of creative things, if you if you spend any time with people outside of the the Guernsey scene, you sort of see how other people do it, and you go, oh, that's interesting. I've never thought of trying that or like adding that to my setup or whatever, and and you you learn a whole lot of stuff just getting out of the island bubble. Yeah, definitely. And I, I heard you guys talking before about um, Garage Band. Um, for those of uh, you that are on Android, uh, I've got Band Lab, and I sent Greg uh, one of his own. Yeah, I sent Greg one of his own songs that I'd been messing with the other day. Oh, cool! Just just on a phone as well, which was so cool. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a whole different level. Um, send it over Garrett, we can play the remix during the, one of the breaks yeah yeah it's got <laughs> no. keys on there and you did that all on your phone like you took the track see this still because yeah I'm not I'm not tech savvy at all <laughs> I'm still that analogue for sure and like you kind of the whole track was like done on the phone and then you added the keys and the drums and it's kind of it still blows my mind a little bit because I'm still thinking about that era with like remember like Jamie T who recorded everything in his bedroom and suddenly we were all like oh my god he recorded everything on GarageBand in his house 
And it was this moment that like just sort of blew the industry. And like, it's sort of the Arctic Monkeys, like getting their friends to like, give them likes on on YouTube or whatever it was at the, the, the time. And suddenly they they got famous for like 200,000. Now, if you don't reach like 3 million likes in the first 24 hours, you're a nobody. <laughs> but now we're doing it on the phone. So you're just like remixing everything. Is that is that just your pastime then? Or is that, yeah. <laughs> or is that lockdown boredom? Yeah, it's lockdown boredom. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't normally to things online and and stuff like that but uh recently i've been watching a load of like youtubers and twitch people that that are really talented musicians that post loads of stuff just sort of getting my gig fix so to speak you know and uh then after a while i'll, I'll kind of go oh that's a that's an interesting thing i might give that a try and then i need to find a way of doing it so it's like then i'll start researching apps and different bits of software and just try and experiment really and that, that's half of what music is is it's experimentation so do you yeah, think definitely. that that opens the door to you because you're a live sound engineer so it's a really different different thing to recording um have you done any recording before would you like to get into it do you i mean there's people on here that don't really that think that sound engineering is is sort of that's it you tweak a few things you know how to do everything um we're lucky. I think later on we've got a no, recording mean, engineer coming on as well. But what's the uh, yeah what's the for you? Is it something that, interest you? Do you find it difficult or? Uh, it's the mix down period that I don't like. Um, actually, putting out the mics, listening to the band do their thing, take multiple takes, whatever. That's fine, but it's actually the uh, the mixing it down afterwards. I, I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near. Uh, mixed down engineer i don't listen to things fine enough when you're in a live setting in a an echoey room or whatever you, you just kind of ballpark it and say right that's close enough that's as good as i'm going to get it in this room whereas on a recording it has to be perfect and it will be listened to forever as you say so yeah get away with <laughs> so it, <laughs> yeah so if you make a mistake that's it it is there recorded forever <laughs> that's that's really interesting though Woody because you've you've kind of hinted at something that I wanted to ask you about sort of like some of your more challenging gigs so I mean you've you've worked with all the local festivals really and um and you've done things like uh, the unplugged nights or um the 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 Vela fair sort of between the two stages up at the Fermain Tavern and things like that can you tell us yeah. about a couple of real challenging at times that you've had to and like, sure. what's the stress has been what's it been like um i suppose veil vale fair is a challenging one um because normally i'm not just confined to one stage so i spend a good 90 percent of the day just walking between all the different stages and making sure nobody's breaking anything <laughs> um but uh yeah thankfully um because i work for uh, regency uh, and Lloyd on that one and thankfully between him and Bob they kind of handle the big outside stage and uh, then it, it leaves me to sort of meander around and check all the other stages out so it gives me a bit of a, a respite there um, but other than that I mean chaos when um, stretchy plays his weird and wonderful sets at <laughs> 2-3 o'clock in the morning that can be a bit daunting 
Um, <laughs> How come? And, Why is it daunting? Why? Uh, I think he's trying to reach places in my mind I haven't even reached. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had a, a moment where you've just been sort of, I, I can't deal with this band. Um, like, we're going to stop stuff right now. <laughs> It's got out of hand or... I mean, I know you as being like the most patient, lovely person. We're like definitely in the world of sound engineers, for sure, 100% the top. Like, um, but is there moments where it's just been like, I I don't know about this anymore. I'm going to like, <laughs> I'm going to switch everything off in a minute and get out of here. Get me the hell out, please. Just uh, <laughs> cotton buds in my ears. How many brunt gigs have you done? Wow. Uh, no, no, the Bond gigs are right. I think the last one that shocked me a bit and I thought, this, I, need, I need to sort of rethink my life choices here. It's the last Mechanical Lobster gig, I think. <laughs> that was so much fun, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect going into it. Everybody had warned me about it, and it was the first time they'd played in God knows how many years. But then having um, a, a kind young gentleman run on stage with uh, everything on display, let's say. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was a bit of a shock to the system. And it's like, well, I'm not looking at the stage anymore. <laughs> as long as you're listening to the stage, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I've that you move around the room a lot. I mean, at uh, the Peace Tent, uh, uh, the Chaos Festival, I've noticed that you sort of like uh, walk around. You're not you're not a static guy you, you you go and stand in all the corners of the room and sometimes outside the tent and things like that i guess that's that that's important to you yeah i mean um in especially in that circumstance normally the mixing desk is behind the pa so then i go on an ipad or a tablet and wander around and have a listen and you get way more sort of in-depth feel of how the hunters at the front of the stage feel or at the back of the room and i'm more of a i'll prefer to be at the back of the room if i go to an event if i'm not with it but uh i, I try and get the the sort of even balance the sound front to back if i can but some of these events you can't achieve that you did um switching tack slightly you did gnet radio for for a while as well when uh, before it had moved to uh, st james uh, can you tell us how you got involved with that? Uh, and what that was like? That was, yeah, I mean, that was, um, oh, what was it? It was GSY Radio when I first got involved with it. And that was uh, James Bentley. And uh, he'd done his little move from Island FM and he was looking to set it up as an online, or set up his own radio station. Uh, and he called me up for techie advice on mixing console, microphones, etc., and helped him get it up and running. Um, and then he just turned around and said, uh, do you fancy having a go? And it was like, yeah, why not? I've never done that before. So was I wasn't that really uh, on camera. Because like, so. I think, I think I, we went up for a couple of interviews up there when you first did it. And it was like very top room of the mirror bar. Which yeah. was very dangerous yeah. going into a radio Basically. environment because usually <laughs> if you're at the BBC yeah. you might get a cup of tea, but sitting for an hour or two before your show in the pub downstairs led to rather entertaining <laughs> interviews. I, I still got some of the um, recordings of that and yeah, there was a few moments where 
I, I believe Tantail actually, Graham. They, but theirs was one of the most interesting interviews I did. Oh, really? Uh, I, yeah, I remember that we did a weather for you. Yes, yeah. I think I've still got that recorded. I'll have to try and hook it out for you. No, you won't. No, it's fine. For you, it's quite difficult because, uh, different because you were very much uh, on the microphone and introducing stuff. It wasn't that you were just playing but uh, songs. You were introducing stuff. You were trying to do the whole jockey thing, really, weren't you? Uh, what was that like for you, having to step up? and? Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot from it, but, yeah... Uh, the first couple of months of doing it, I was not really in my element there. And then eventually, uh, you, you kind of get more relaxed as time goes on, and it, it, it kind of makes it easier for you. But you learn all the catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it, it, it's not really like fairground ride. Like, come on, jump on, let's ride. <laughs> <laughs> was that your jingle? Come on, jump on, no, let's ride. No, that's just how it picks up women. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Have you got? It's probably unfair, Woody. But have you? I mean, you've you've done sound for so many bands, bands that are you know right from your early start, the Doghouse, to so bands that were coming over from UK that are sort of like semi-professional, professional. Uh, then you've worked a lot with up-and-coming people. You've worked a lot with people in the Guernsey scene. It's a bit unfair to ask you, but have you got any like favourites that you like working with that you find easy to work with, or, or just that tick your box in regards to your music tastes? Um, I suppose the safest one is my music taste. I'll go for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so what's I, that? I do like. Sorry, Elliot. I, I'm not a massive fan of front stuff. <laughs> Oh, but, get off. <laughs> but no, I, I do like like the Rex stuff like Huddleston, Tantale, you know, um, and it all depends what kind of mood I'm in as well. If I've had a particularly stressful day, then Front might pick the box for me that <laughs> might day. the box, possibly. <laughs> 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 it all depends. Had, has there been any highlights like? opportunities to do sound for a band that you've just been like whether I don't know whether it's tech or just because the band were great or something but you've just been like that was that was excellent like I really enjoyed that yeah I mean I've done some sort of relatively big things out there now I mean um, Calabro I uh, was involved with that one at St James so that was a four-piece uh, four singers that that won something like Britain's Got Talent. Um, so that was a, an interesting one, quite high spec and uh, kept me on my toes. Um, but also uh, doing some of the comedy events at St. James have been really fun. You get to meet some sort of quite big up names and and realise that actually, yeah, they're really sound. And that's quite nice to, to see because you always dread meeting celebrities, whether they're going to, actually be nice or not yeah. <laughs> well you recently um, um, did uh robert j hunter which i thought was was banging. yeah that that was the first time using st james's new line array in its final resting place and 
wow, what a difference that made. Um, that rated quite highly on some of the best sound I've ever had. You know, that his, his vocal style and playing style just suited exactly what he was doing there. And it, it just absolutely mind blown. Yeah, Is there any- he's, he's got quite a specific style, hasn't he? I think like that, the mm. style of gig really suited what he was doing. Is there anything yeah. that you would downright sort of um, just be like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that, or that's not my, that's not my thing. I know we like speaking. Stretchy's got really specific where he likes to record. He likes like weird locations, and and that's his like that's his thing. And like Mikey's got his sort of sound, his thing, and, and and everyone has. Mm. Is there anything for you that you're just like someone turns up and says, look, I've got this. Show I want to put on, and you just go. I'm busy that day, or <laughs> it's not my. It's really not my bag, or I don't feel com- comfortable doing it. Almost like. Uh, not really. I, I'll normally have a go at anything. Um, you know, I, I've I've seen it before where people turn their nose up at gigs because they either not interested or don't want it to affect their reputation or anything like that. And I'm a bit more laid back. I I'm kind of like. I'll have a go at anything, and if you insist I use your equipment and it's not as good as mine, that's fine, I'll use it. But it all depends on you know, on what your your tastes are and what you want as an end result. Um, there's no sort of band or musician or anything that I'll outright refuse to work with or anything like that. So I, I think I that's like the qualities, Woody. That's something that I, I personally I've always kind of admired about you is your you, you, you're very patient, as, as Greg said earlier, and you're very adaptable and, you, and you're willing to try anything uh, and you've got a really warm sort of nature about you as well. And I think all of those things yeah. make you uh, very easy to work with. And you're a safe pair of fans. Um, I remember when I first met you, I think it was probably about 10 years ago now, one of the first uh, Tantel gigs. I, I was playing away head down and then suddenly the sound around me just improved enormously and um which is weird because often behind the drum kit you don't have full back or anything like that but the sound in the room at, at the Delarue just improved and i looked up and there was you behind the desk and you'd just taken over from the guy that was doing it before uh, i've never <laughs> seen you before but it, it was tangible i'd ne- never heard anything seriously that was such a tangible difference between when we started that set to when suddenly you took over and whatever you did, just the whole room. Improved. He just turned the volume up, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was more than that. It was like, uh, for me, it was the, suddenly I noticed my snare sounded better, which was weird because the snare wasn't even mic'd up. So it was <laughs> Maybe just I just turned everything down. It was the balance, <laughs> the balance of the sound in, 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 in the room. And I think it's that. For you, it's that ability to be able to monitor acoustic sound. Like you said you don't really do recording much or uh, mixing down, but but you like m- mixing on on the hoof in some ways. Um, yeah, exactly. That's 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 quite that's quite impressive. But you're also one oh, of your abilities. I think that one of your adaptabilities is that you did. Um, you tried to set up some sort of uh, live gigs as well at the. Uh, at the King George, I think it was, the KG5. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You, you remember that? Can you tell us a bit about that? Oh, oh. oh God. Well, we did um, an event called the Under the Balcony Gig, 
as a spin-off from the Kobo balcony gigs. <laughs> Under the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a, an interesting one. And uh, it was um, uh, sort of a, a charity event. And just did it as a one-dayer. And that was when I, that was many, many years ago now. Um, but we've done other bands in there. We've had Last of the Light Brigade up there and uh, a few other people like that. They're really good fun. Um, but again, it's one of those where it's just been a chapter. Now I've moved on to the next one. So now I, I'm more predominantly doing some James stuff and still doing a, quite a bit in the Vermain tab, even though I no longer run it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you did run it for, for a while back there. And I suppose it's a bit it's a bit sad that the tab isn't back to what it was uh, back then. It was It was quite a lively venue. Back in it the was. I hope it, I hope it recovers. Yeah, same, same. It'd be a shame to lose that venue. So fingers mm. crossed they they can pull it around and uh, hopefully once this lockdown is done, we'll maybe, be able to have some good events in there. Maybe Elliot could have his uh, crash the captains party swing by. Uh, yeah, for... <laughs> once we finished crashing I'm the captains, <laughs> I'm sure it'd be appreciated. <laughs> nice. So you've um. Obviously, you're working with Regency now, and you—you—that's your sort of like your full-time job, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, how's it been for lockdown business-wise? How 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 are you guys coping? Uh, well, um, Lloyd's the best one to ask about that, really. But uh, yeah, yeah, for me, uh, I, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I've pretty much had no work, so it's been furloughed. Um, and yeah, just get to spend time with the kids, really. And it's been the odd thing because uh, Regency's got like the COVID testing center. Um, that's one of their marquees. So every now and then we have to go and check it out and the two co-ops as well. Cool. Are you um, doing so, the COVID testing center? No, I wish. I wish. <laughs> Pumping out some, I, I, some I, tunes for everyone to listen to. There's a nice grass there's a nice grass bank behind the, the marquee there. We could open up the end gable, and I reckon we could get a band up there. Play for people <laughs> through the tent. <laughs> That's a great idea. It's just entertain the uh, entertain the horde. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Could but uh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah. So they, they keep me busy with a uh, little bits of maintenance on that, but other than that. That's the only essential work I get to do. Well, I hope uh, I hope things ease uh, for all of us, but particularly for those people that are involved in the the sound and the entertainment industry, like uh, like yourself. Um, thank, thanks for coming on. I don't know yeah, if anyone else. I think we're going to bring up like um, a little bit of. Um, I just wanted to ask one question before sure. you go, which I think is, is could be a a really useful one for um, for the other musos out there. Is is uh, we've talked about this before. Um, but maybe if you had, do you have any advice for, for people on their sound checks? Because against the sound checks and, and we've done things with the um, sound and whatnot help, helps with the kids, but there's people out there and unless you've done lots of sound checks, it, it, it's difficult to know what to do or what to ask for. What would, you know, if you had a couple of bits of advice to give a band that before the show to enable them to get a good sound, what would, what would you say? Uh, I'd say get on stage, get your instrument set up ready, then sit there quietly 
until you're asked to play. <laughs> and then Stop dicking around. Yeah, and then once you're asked to play <laughs> once you're asked to play and you get a good mix. I mean I, I like to do front of house mix first. Just as a ballpark. Takes about thirty seconds to do with all of you playing and then after that I'll work through the monitors and get everybody sounding what they want to hear. But tell us if you can't hear anything. Because if you can't hear it, then we don't know. And coming up to us at the end of the gig going, it's a really good gig, but I couldn't really hear this. doesn't help me afterwards. No. So. Yeah. Mm. Good bit of advice. It's being organised as well, isn't it? It's making sure that you've got the strings, that you need spare sticks, um, that you've got your head in the game before you get up on stage, really, isn't it? Yeah. And make sure you turn up with a jack-to-jack lead for your instrument. And... <laughs> If you leave it on stage, I have a one-month policy. If you don't ask for it back, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good advice, shop. man. Good advice. Be quiet. Get off stage. If you're, if you're not meant to be soundchecking, you can't help playing. Get off the stage. <laughs> That's great advice, man. I know we can't do this in in, in real, but but you, you are legendary for the hugs that you give, Woody. I wonder if you could just... Give us all a virtual hug now. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for coming on. Um, I-